And so Jill, how does this change mom's decision-making process about their goals and the kinds of things that they take on in their life? I think that that is one of the most valuable places that moms can use this information. I always joke that charism discernment uh, helps men know what to say yes to and women to know what to say no to <laughs> because men sometimes need that little extra push. Um, and women feel like we need to be everything all the time. And it's another thing that frequently arises is when I'm doing charism discernment, either a retreat or a talk or something for a group of women. One of the questions I almost always get is how do we work on our charisms that are low? And so I'm always like, you, you don't, that's, that's not your lane. That's not for you. And ultimately when we try and fill in the gaps with things that are not our gifts, we are really standing in the way of the Holy Spirit activating the people that he has intended to fill in those spaces because there is someone for every space that needs to be filled. And it's really kind of the sin of pride when we're like, no, no, the Holy Spirit could never do that. I'm the one that has to do this. You know, how often do we see this in parish life or something like that, where it's like, well, there's nobody else, so we have to do this. That is a lie that the devil really wants us to believe to dilute us and to get us focused on things that are not going to have that supernatural effectiveness. And so what we want to do is use our charisms to really focus on what we say yes to, but just as much to be clear on what we say no to. Hey there, Mama. This is True Presence, the podcast where Catholic moms like you and me learn to be embodied souls. St. Catherine of Siena said, be who you were meant to be, and you will set the world on fire. In the midst of hurry, worry, and social media, we're doing a 180 and focusing on real presence, communion, connection, natural living, and bringing eternity into our hearts and homes. I'm your host, Kelsey, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey, Jill, thanks so much for joining us today and giving us just a little bit of an introduction about who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So my name is Jill Simons, as we've said, and I have two jobs, really, in addition to my most important job of being a wife and mother to four children. I also am creative director and founder at Pink Salt Riot, where I run a medical Christian women's brand that makes all different kinds of jewelry and home goods and tangible objects that people are invited to include in their life in order to have tangible reminders of what it is that God says about us and what our true identity is. And then I also serve as executive director at Many Parts Ministries, where I help Catholics discern their charisms, which is another word for spiritual gifts, to understand where they fit in the context of the larger church. So it's really this idea that if you're going to go work in a company, you kind of need to know what your job description is to be effective in your role there. And and really the same applies to the church. We need to know where the Holy Spirit has specifically empowered us and is inviting us to build the church in order for us to be able to cooperate with that. When you first reached out with this idea of talking about our charism, our spiritual gifts as mothers, I just thought this was such a needed conversation. And I'm so glad that you had this idea. Can you tell me just a little bit um, about what are 
charism. Yeah, absolutely. So there are a lot of times we talk as Catholics about sacramental grace and we talk about the grace we receive in all seven of the sacraments, but we're very familiar with this idea of the Holy Spirit coming upon us in a special way in baptism and confirmation. But we don't really very typically drill down into like, what are the specific graces that you receive? And we talk about the fruits of the spirit and and the gifts of the spirit. I think more applicably when we're talking about sacraments, but there's also other kinds of grace that we can receive. And one of them is charisms, which is given to every person baptized in the name of the father, son, and Holy spirit at the time of their baptism. And these charisms are gifts that they receive in order for you to be able to execute on your mission in the larger body of Christ. And this is something that we don't realize we have so frequently. We we forget about grace in general, I think, not just uh, the grace of charisms, but the grace we received when we got married or the grace that we received the last time we were in confession and how we can really and truly learn about that grace and draw from that grace through everyday life. And this is just another example of that, where this is powerful information that we receive from the Holy Spirit about what he would like you to do in the larger church. We use the image from scriptures of the body of Christ very frequently. And this is really information about what kind of cell are you in the body of Christ? I think that's a powerful metaphor because then then we see that every kind of cell is not only valuable, but necessary. So often people will say to me and you know maybe to others listening that have very public, maybe public speaking leadership kind of gifts, like, oh, I just don't really have gifts like you. I don't really know what I would do to offer the church. Well, the brain is obviously such a vital part of the body, but if every single cell in the body is a brain cell, you're not going to be able to do very much. Every different function in the body is incredibly necessary, not just the ones that are super easy to point out and identify. And that's what we really understand when we go through a process with the Holy Spirit of discerning our charisms is getting that information about where do I sit? What is it that you want me to do, Holy Spirit, in the larger context of the church? It's so true. And I think you're right that a lot of times it's it's hard to think about it in that way because we're we're so caught up in the things that aren't our gifts. Like we look around and we see all these other talents that people have and we wonder what what are ours? And what kinds of things would you say are uh clues, so to speak, that can help you to figure out what your spiritual gifts are to really like tune into that. Absolutely. So typically we look at kind of three criteria for discerning spiritual gifts. And a lot of people will start an intentional discernment process by taking some sort of assessment or inventory to kind of narrow the field. Because there's 24 that are widely recognized as charisms that you would discern through a test. There's also two more that we see in the New Testament and is experienced within charismatic communities sometimes where there is grace given through like the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But those are things that we don't necessarily discern in the same way because it's really clear if you're speaking in tongues or if you are interpreting tongues that that's what's going on. There's not a lot of ambiguity there. Whereas the other 24 can be a lot more 
quiet and go under the radar. So these are things like administration, leadership, giving, help, um, voluntary poverty, celibacy for priests and other religious, uh, or even consecrated virgins. And these are much more challenging to point out in ourselves as spiritual gifts. And so that first step of an assessment is really helpful to sort of narrow the playing field. Okay, here's five or six that are likely. And so I'm going to spend my time looking at those. And so then from there, you will frequently look at three criteria. One is what do other people say about me using this gift, which is such a reversal for so many of us. We're used to trying to like close out what other people tell us and, and really zero in on what God is telling us, which is definitely important. We want to receive from God first, but it's interesting because with our charisms, they are so important to the Holy Spirit to make clear to us that so often he will prompt people that might not even otherwise be an intentional relationship with him to comment on the effects of us using our charisms. So in a great example of this is if you're someone who maybe loves to encourage people and there's this possibility that encouragement in you is more than just a natural tendency, it's actually a spiritual gift. There's going to be a difference that you see where if it's just a natural tendency, people are going to receive that with grace. I'm sure be happy that you encourage them. But it's kind of a forgettable thing. It, it was very kind of you to do that, but it doesn't like impact the person spiritually or change their lives. As opposed to encouragement as a spiritual gift, where you're going to encourage someone and maybe you forget about it. But the person who received that encouragement is like supernaturally edified by what you sent to them. And that becomes something that they return to. And it's just so meaningful in their lives because it wasn't just you encouraging them. That was the Holy Spirit being made present in you in a tangible way, giving you the grace to make the living God present to that person in your encouragement. And this is where it gets fun because a lot of people do the actions of their spiritual gifts very frequently. But when you elevate this understanding of what's going on there, then there's an opportunity to cooperate with that and realize that you're bringing the Holy Spirit so powerfully in these situations that brings this sense of excitement and joy really into living our lives. And so that that feedback from other people is really important because we can view the action of a spiritual gift, but we don't know what the effect was unless that's shared with us. We also want to look at where is their supernatural fruit? So like I was talking about in the last example, we're seeing this person be really affected by what we've done or in the example of leadership, you have a team that is really coalescing in a supernatural way beyond what you are capable of in your own power. And then we also want to look at where we're seeing the fruit of the Holy Spirit really, you know, abundance in our lives when we're seeing the joy and the peace and the generosity and all of those things that we have as these beautiful fruits of the Holy Spirit. We know that that his presence is there because we're seeing the fruit. So this is, this is, you know, it's one of those things where I think there's a bit of a tension 
when we're thinking about our charisms, unless they are the ones, like especially for moms, that are particularly conducive to our stage, our season in life. How do you see this playing out? Like, How do you see these charisms in, especially for instance, like the early stages of motherhood when you have little kids? What have you seen with people when they have discerned that they have certain strengths? Do they does does that play out in their motherhood, or is that something that is not necessarily going to be an all the time thing? That is such a great question, and I think that how it plays out is so individualized because we definitely see an ebb and flow in primacy of charisms during different seasons of life. So, for instance, I have a charism for. Uh, leadership and a charism for encouragement and a charism for prophecy. And during different stages in my motherhood, those have had different primacies. So for instance, when I was a new young mom, I had um, two children in 17 months and was running Pink Salt Riot, my lifestyle brand from home. And there was a lot of opportunities for me to really live in that encouragement charism with both friends and peers and people in my church and my husband in a lot less that felt like I was able to use that leadership charism. And I think that it's important to recognize where the desires of our heart are throughout the process, not because they're always going to be satisfied in this moment, but because this is part of how we want to nurture this disposition of hope in our lives. I think that that is uh, kind of an epidemic among young moms, especially I think back to my first year of my first child. I am not um, naturally a super, like my disposition isn't one towards being a mom. Now that I am a mom, I love it. And I love my children, of course. But like, I was not the little girl that played with babies or babysat or did anything like motherhood. I was always very much looking towards what was my work life going to be. And now that my children are older, that has been information from the Holy Spirit that has made it a really easy decision for us to know that I am called to work outside the home, even though it means that I'm not home with the babies all the time. We have amazing people in our lives who are able to use their charisms in in filling the other needs of our family. So our older children go to an amazing Catholic school where these wonderful men and women with teaching charisms and encouragement charisms and service charisms are just ministering to my children all day, every day in a way that I cannot because those are not my gifts. And my little ones are with this incredible woman with um, just these beautiful charisms around being present to little kids and I've not gone through a formal discernment process with her. So I don't know, I I don't want to speak to what her specific charisms are, but he is just so well suited to do that and to be present to them. And then I am doing what I have so clearly received from the Holy Spirit that he's inviting me to do. So unlike a lot of, is it right for me to work? Is it right for me to stay home? I'm struggling with peace because I don't have clarity about where I'm supposed to be and there feels like it's it's mostly you know i should do this i should do that that's driving the decision making 
this information can help you make those decisions and, and find peace. Again, that fruit of the spirit, like we're talking about being able to experience peace in making that decision. And so different times in motherhood will have these different gifts rise to the top, but we always have all of the gifts that we've been given and we can definitely be given more as time goes on. And so that's another thing that we see is where as motherhood changes, because it's, of course, it's so different with an infant versus a 17 year old. As motherhood changes, a lot of us who are walking intentionally with the Lord will experience new and more terrorisms because the Lord is, is giving more to that person who's shown that they can steward it well. I think that's such an important conversation to have right there. And there is so much tension when it comes to the idea of working using our talents because you're right not everybody has the same like nurturing type like nurturing type um personalities and other things too but we know that there are saints like saint zeli and saint gianna who were working mothers and using their strengths and their i'm guessing charisms you know it'd be really interesting to look back and try and figure out what theirs were if we were to do that and dig in um, and, and just that was what God was calling them to do. Like, I think St. Zeli was actually like literally told by God to start her lace making company, which is kind of interesting. Um, but I, I don't want to ask and dig in a little bit. How do we know when it's a charism versus a talent? Like we know, I know so many people who aren't, for instance, you know, even Christians who are great encouragers. How do you discern if that's a special gift of the Holy Spirit? What's the difference there? So the biggest difference is where the scope is, honestly. Is this something that is primarily for the purpose of building the larger church, or is this something that you can use personally? So kind of a classic example is athletic ability is not a charism because that's something that you, you know, use personally. You could use it to potentially go get a job and support your family or something like that, but it's essentially primarily you centered. The other thing is that talents really need you to invest in them to be effective. So if you have a natural talent to be an amazing basketball player, even if if you never learn to play basketball and never invest in that, you're going to be 25 years old and, and be an incredibly average basketball player because you never invested anything into really leveling up that skill, even though there was a natural tendency there. As opposed to charisms, we will see people operating in areas where they're just like, I don't even know what just happened. That, that was totally not me because the Holy Spirit is not limited by the talent or the ability that you have in that area. Now, that said, like Thomas Aquinas says, grace builds on nature. So if you do build hard skills, for instance, if you have a leadership charism and you've actually invested in some speaking skills and some management skills and things like that, the Holy Spirit is going to absolutely run with that ball and build on that foundation. But it's not required to be able to have you operate in those charisms. And then it's also just really comes down to discernment. It's There's not really a way for someone from the outside to say yes or no to your specific charisms because it's really a conversation and a journey of discovery for you to go on with the Holy Spirit to establish what that is. And, you know, a great example for me is I had a long discernment process with 
the charism of teaching because I love to do things like this, come in podcast and share about what the Lord has really been teaching me and share a lot of information through our ministry. But I realized that it's not specifically teaching that I am engaging in from a charism perspective. It's really leadership. This is an expression of the Holy Spirit inviting me to be a leader in this topic in the larger church. And so you see that diff- the, the same, what do I want to say? The same results can come from different charisms. Another great example is like with priests, preaching. People ask, which is the preaching charism? Well, there's not one. It's, it could come from teaching. It could come from knowledge. It could come from wisdom. It could come from encouragement. And that's going to flavor the preaching that comes out. But all of them can make a priest a really proficient preacher. And we see this in lots of ways throughout everyone's charismatic expression. And that's why the discernment piece of the puzzle is really, you know, something you cannot go without. There's no way to just say, yep, you know, from a quiz, from a conversation, this is what it is and I'm done. We actually have to go through the process of discerning. Now, speaking of discern, how do you know if something's a true gift? Like, I think actually earlier you were saying something like, for instance, speaking in tongues would be really obvious. But I'll say coming from a Protestant background, I'm not so sure that it always is so obvious if that's a genuine gift of the Spirit, because how do you know if that, or for instance, prophecy, if these are real and someone is truly being given these gifts? So this is that the ultimate discernment always lies with the individual, right? So. You could absolutely have somebody fake speaking in tongues, for sure. But if that person were to truly engage with what was happening with the Holy Spirit, it would become clear to them that that is not a true thing that is happening. And same with prophecy. If, If someone is sharing a prophetic word that is false, if they were to intentionally engage with the Holy Spirit, it's likely that they would be able to discern that for themselves. But if they're sharing it with someone, it's unfortunate because it can cause, you know, um, like a lack of peace or something like that, especially if it's an erroneous word. But looking at, is does this sound like something from God? Is this something that is in keeping with what God is inviting me into in my larger life of faith right now are really helpful questions in discerning that as an individual, because especially with prophecy, that the kind of weight of discernment always lies with the person receiving the word to really process that. And the hope is that anyone sharing a prophetic word would do so with the humility of saying, you know, this is, I could be wrong. This could be from me. Please continue to discern this word because I am not infallible. There is a very real possibility that I've made a mistake. And so that's how I engage in my own prayer for prophecy. It is proven to be one of my charisms and I'm still wrong sometimes, but I try and preface that always with, you know, I I believe that this is what the Lord is sharing with me. I really encourage you to continue to pray about it. And if it seems like that is not from the Lord, then please choose to decide, let it go because I only want what is from the Lord to take root in you. And so ultimately we're trusting 
our fellow Catholics to do the work of discernment. And there's no one, you know, when it rains on a Tuesday, that's for sure. There's not a, you know, a, a really easy, quantifiable answer. It's really about, are you truly humble and surrendered to in, engaging in what is happening with the Holy Spirit? And if you're not, then it's going to be very challenging to discern effectively. But if you are, we also believe that we can trust God. We can believe that the Lord wants us to understand what our gifts are. He wants us to know them. He wants us to use them. This is not some cosmic game of clue where there's, you know, oh, you're totally random spiritual gifts are hidden in an envelope in heaven and you have, you know, 60 years to figure them out. He wants to invite you into this process to not only know him better, but to know yourself better and then to build the larger church. That makes a lot of sense. What resources would you suggest for someone who wanted to get started with this process? So we have a lot of really great introductory stuff available in Many Parts Ministries. We have, um, if you go to our website at manypartsministries.com, there is a free guide to all 24 charisms that you can download. We also are coming out with a free guide to how to go on a date night with your spouse and talk about your charisms. And that guide is completely free. We invite you to take our assessment, which there is a small fee for because you get a fully customized PDF report at the end of it. But it's just a really, really valuable resource that is 100% personalized to you to be able to walk with you through your discernment process. And and we invite you to take that PDF and be able to go on this date night with your spouse. And it has guides for how you discuss it and what kind of information you should be looking for as you talk about it together. Um, We also have great short form Bible studies available. We have some virtual retreats and things like that. So you can kind of pick what way you most like to learn and you most like to process information. But I think the most important thing is we tell everybody at the very least, go download the 20, the guide to the 24 charisms and start praying with that. If you don't want to take an assessment, you don't want to do anything else, that's fine. At least crack the door open for the Holy Spirit in this. Learn what the 24 are and start inviting the Holy Spirit to share with you where he is inviting you to cooperate with him in one of these or more than one of these areas. That sounds so amazing. Now, how have you seen people's lives change when they've started to do this? Have you seen people's lives change when they've started to do this? It's insane. I I have so many stories. I think I'll tell my favorite, though, of two different RNs. I think this is something that these are, you know, moms working outside the home, both very high levels of job dissatisfaction, and both of them were thinking, you know, is this because I'm supposed to just stick home with my kids? But they both had really felt like the Holy Spirit had invited them into nursing. And it was just very confusing. And so I entered into a discernment process with both of them and come to establish where the rub is for both of these women. One of them, um, I think it's funny that neither of them had any of the same charisms. So 100% different charisms, both working in the same field, both the same age, both moms. And one of them realized that her main charism being invited to be used in nursing 
was actually hospitality. The Lord was inviting her to be his hands and feet in the hospital room, making people feel welcome, making people feel at peace in the terrifying, you know, stress-filled environment. And as soon as she realized that she wasn't primarily there to be a healer, although that was a part of her job and what she was there for, supernaturally, she was there to be the person that made them feel welcome and loved by God in that room. And all of a sudden, when she realized that was what she brought into the room, how she approached her entire career completely changed. It changed how she approached her whole life as well. But it had been really organic for her to use that in her personal life. She had always been a really hospitable, welcoming person at home, but she had never really realized how this could apply at her job. And so her job satisfaction wildly increased and she was able to really see Oh, the Holy Spirit didn't lead me astray. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is, you know, a really wonderful place for me to share the Lord in this way. And the other nurse comes to discern that truly she has the charism of healing, not just healing through her medical profession, which is absolutely a part of healing, but also healing through prayer. And so she was in a Catholic hospital system. She was able to ask her supervisors, if she could ask patients, if she could pray with them. And of course, if they said no, she did not, um, you know, respected everybody's boundaries on that front. But most people said yes. And so she prayed with patients and started seeing miraculous healings. And they started calling her the fast lane at this hospital because her her uh, patients started getting well at such a astounding rate. And she realized that she had been suffering from the weight of holding that back. So it was exhausting to her to hold back the Holy Spirit all day, every day at work, and she was not inviting him to be present in using this healing charism. And so both women, family stayed the same, job stayed the same, and wildly more fruit of the Holy Spirit in their life, that love, that joy, that peace that we all want so much because they were actually cooperating with what the Holy Spirit was doing in their lives. And so that's the three things that we really focus on at many parts as we talk about identifying, valuing, and investing in what the Holy Spirit is already doing in you. I think so many of us get caught up in this like, oh, I've got to change everything about my life. I've got to rehaul my spiritual life, all this stuff. It's not that we don't have a ways to go. I think most of us do have ways to go. But we have to recognize what we have already been given and do more of what's working instead of taking our lives to the ground and building something new. We want to intentionally cooperate and bless what the Holy Spirit is already doing. I can totally see how it would be life-changing in that way. You know, I think it was St. Francis de Sales said, he said, be who you are and be thou. St. Catherine of Siena said something very similar. <laughs> She said, be who you are meant to be and you will set the world on fire. And right there, this is one of those ways of really discerning that, really understanding how God made us and then taking that and amplifying it and, and just trusting that he has a plan here and a purpose for you and has very specially chosen how to give his gifts. And so, Jill, how does this change mom's decision-making process about their goals and the kinds of things that they take on in their life? 
I think that that is one of the most valuable places that moms can use this information. I always joke that charism discernment uh, helps men know what to say yes to and women to know what to say no to <laughs> because men sometimes need that little extra push. Um, and women feel like we need to be everything all the time. And it's another thing that frequently arises is when I'm doing charism discernment, either a retreat or a talk or something for a group of women. One of the questions I almost always get is how do we work on our charisms that are low? And so I'm always like, you, you don't, that's, that's not your lane. That's not for you. And ultimately when we try and fill in the gaps with things that are not our gifts, we are really standing in the way of the Holy Spirit, activating the people that he has intended to fill in those spaces, because there is someone for every space that needs to be filled. And it's really kind of the sin of pride when we're like, no, no, the Holy Spirit could never do that. I'm the one that has to do this. You know, how often do we see this in parish life or something like that, where it's like, well, there's nobody else, so we have to do this. That is a lie that the devil really wants us to believe to dilute us and to get us focused on things that are not going to have that supernatural effectiveness. And so what we want to do is use our charisms to really focus on what we say yes to, but just as much to be clear on what we say no to, because we want to preserve our our mind, our bodies, our families, our time for the best yes that the Holy Spirit has for us, because ultimately that is what is going to sanctify us. That is what is going to build his church most effectively. And that's absolutely what we want to be investing in with our lives. I think you are absolutely on point with that. My background's in economics. And one of the things that um, we talk about is comparative advantage. And it's this idea that the more people hone in on what they do best, the really the, the greater the value they're able to create over the course of their life. And I think it's just, it's so true because when we're spending our time mitigating our weaknesses instead of focusing on our strength, we're just missing out on so much opportunity there. How beautiful just to think of everybody in the body of Christ focusing on their strengths and coming together. Because what does our Lord say about weakness? He says, my power is made perfect in weakness. We don't have to be the ones who do everything. We don't. We can just trust that he who sees the greater picture of everything and who is more than enough for us can make up for all of our weaknesses and do what we are supposed to be doing. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jill, for being here. This has been such a great conversation. Such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right, friends, if you liked this episode, one of the ways that we can get more awesome guests on this show is if you leave a review. So scroll to the bottom of this episode where the reviews are and hit those stars and then write me a little message about what your favorite episode was. I promise to read every single review and keep trying to get you the guests and information that helps you through this mission of motherhood.